0: Welcome to the Winner Circle with Derek Pang and Bianca Leger. On this podcast, we'll introduce you to real world heroes who have stepped outside their safe, known worlds to pursue and live their win, their best lives. This is a choice we all get to make. The intention behind these conversations is to uplift, inspire, and empower you to move forward with greater faith, trust, and belief in yourself on your hero's journey ahead. Let's go, hero. All right. All right. We are live. And on today's episode, alongside guest host Bianca Leger, we interview the founder of Real Mushrooms, who just celebrated their sixth year in business, bringing pure 100% organic mushroom extracts without any grain fillers to the masses. Welcome to the Winter circle, Sky Chilton.
1: Thanks, Derek. Thanks, Bianca. Super happy to be here.
0: We're very grateful to have you on. And um, this is a very uplifting, inspiring, empowering podcast. And the first question is a real light one. And um, that's coming to you now. And that is, what do you love about your world right now, Sky?
1: Mm, that's a good question. I guess I, you know, I love um, getting to talk to amazing people every day. So that's like one thing, um, you know, being in a industry where we get to help people is always just amazing there too. Like just some of the feedback that we see from our customers is, um, I can't make the stuff up. I can't like try and envision how someone is going to feel from mushrooms, but like just to get that coming in on a day-to-day basis always feels like you're doing something right. And getting to work with other practitioners and, and other businesses of like constantly meeting new, amazing people and uh, certainly like working in the health space when you know like you're having an impact on people's daily health.
0: Right on. Thank you for sharing that. Um another question that we like to ask all guests at the start of the podcast just to kind of get to know them better and for our listeners to get to know them better is their mission, they're here, their mission here in this reality plane, like all companies, like your company, Real Mushrooms, has a mission and different organizations have missions, but we as humans ought to have our own guiding North Star that leads us in all of that we do, whether that be personal, professional, and everywhere in between. So what would be your personal mission currently in this reality,
1: Sky? Wow, personal mission. Uh, I guess that's sort of constantly evolving, I would think. Uh, yeah, of course. And, and right now, I think it's... A lot about learning and education um constantly you know pushing myself to whether it's do new things or learn new things or um get you know it could be even like getting a bigger audience but uh, um and even you know i think the last 10 years of my life have really been focused around health and well-being and and trying out a lot of things and um, kind of bringing my own health back into harmony whether it's just eating better uh exercise, um, even you know, like the mental side of things, kind of done a lot of stuff in the self-development space. Um, whether and then, you know, even getting into like meditation and having coaches and and things around that. So a lot of stuff around self-improvement and continual improvement. I think um certainly, you know, watching my dad now, who's 73, and and just seeing him being alive with life. And he's, you know, got constantly learning something new every day or has something that's like he wants to pursue. And you can see that that, you know, just keeps him going. And I think, you know, that desire for continual learning is something that really helps us keep going um, long term Um, and certainly having the necessary kind of foods and ingredients and whatever you're putting in your body and exercise around that to kind of nourish that, to make it a lot easier for ourselves it will, it will certainly help.
2: That's amazing. It, it, it really all ties in because you're working so closely with the mushrooms who also help us kind of uh, bring a uh, most optimal state of being uh, within our bodies. Um, I'm curious as to, are you, are you currently studying anything new concerning mushrooms um, in that field? Is there something specific that you're kind of exploring right now that maybe we don't know about yet?
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly uh, we just put out a video on our YouTube channel about uh, ergothionine. So ergothionine is a, it's an amino acid that is in all of these mushrooms, uh, but it's also found throughout our entire body um and right now they're looking at it as a longevity vitamin um so preliminary studies they're seeing that as we age this compound um it shows up less and less in our bodies um mm-hmm. and then that ties into some of the uh studies around mushroom consumption where they show that people who consume mushrooms generally have better health outcomes or uh lower rates of cognitive decline Um, And that could be related to this compound or some of the other more specific compounds that are in mushrooms. So that's certainly uh, one of the things that's on my mind. And um, we're looking in a number of different areas, always kind of trying to keep our finger to the pulse of uh, certainly what's what's happening in Asia, where that's definitely driving the medicinal side. A lot of the times where is there new, are there new mushrooms that are being cultivated? Um, Certainly like we're seeing uh, the cauliflower mushroom, which is just amazing to find out in the Pacific Northwest. It seems very elusive, and it's really amazing to eat. Uh, but that's you know starting to be cultivated on a bigger scale in China. Um, the morel mushroom is one that has another good body of research, where you know in China they've cracked the code on growing it, and I think it's taken sixty plus years for them to really do it and start to like push the scale of it. So now it's, um, they're growing a lot of them over there and, you know, that could be a product offering at some point. Um, but all of these, you know, mushrooms are really kind of modulating our immune systems and, and helping our bodies. And, and I know, you know, lots of people get, uh, locked onto lion's mane in terms of kind of like the neurological health. Um, and I, but I find it interesting that other mushrooms show similar things. There's, uh, interesting study, I think it was out of South Korea on tremella mushroom, uh, which showed cognitive enhancing opportunities. Uh, so is there, is there commonalities across all these mushrooms where we should just be eating them all the time, uh, you know, like no matter what, and, and not focusing on certain ones for certain things, but maybe getting a more broad spectrum approach. I'm not sure, but, um, and then like vitamin D is another big one too. Like we've got A vitamin D based mushroom product where, you know, even if you just buy mushrooms from the grocery store, you can just slice them up, put them out in the sun for 20 minutes and that'll drastically increase the amount of uh, vitamin D2 there. So, uh, mushrooms contain a compound called ergosterol, which is similar to our cholesterol. And when you expose that to UV light, it uh, converts it into vitamin D2. So you can get a a high amount of vitamin D from your mushrooms uh, just by sticking them out in the sun for 20 to 30 minutes. Um, So that's an easy way if you want to get some natural vitamin D in your system.
2: So that's with any type of mushroom, we can do that. Just take the mushroom, put it on the side where there's light and let it absorb for a while and then eat it
1: yeah okay. usually just the the culinary ones so the fleshier mushrooms typically have higher amounts of ergosterol and that's going to be what converts over um some of the polypores, like a reishi or something not so much
2: okay but you're
1: you're probably not going to try and eat eat those ones
2: yeah well i i, I don't really um know where to get uh, just fresh <laughs> reishi around here either Nobody they just grow in china
1: uh there's lots of local reishi in north america okay. Um, if you just head out into the forest, I'm not exactly sure which species are back East, maybe Ganoderma sugi, or, uh, I think maybe there might be hemlock ratio out there, which is, I think they call it yellow reishi. Um, out here we get, uh, Ganoderma organensis. Um, and then there's the artist conch, uh, Ganoderma applanatum, which is more, it doesn't have that red sheen to it, but it's kind of dark, but, uh, you can actually draw pictures on the bottom of it.
2: Yeah. um mm-hmm. so
1: you can see like uh-huh. a lot of like re- uh reishi art um you can find where people just draw these like beautiful little paintings on the the spore layer of these reishi oh
2: that's cool
1: mm-hmm. I yeah.
2: know that. um i'm curious how does the mushrooms that are growing here compare with the ones traditionally grown in china yeah
1: yeah there's, there's definitely going to be similarities um kind of like we were talking before the show is like it comes back to there's a lot of the strain matters like the species matters um the food that you give the mushrooms matters so um in china they're growing all the reishi on a single wood log um just cuz it has a lot more nutrients uh for the mushroom compared to like say growing it on a sawdust substrate or a grain substrate um cuz you can grow mushrooms on pretty much anything uh coffee grounds um sugar cane, which which makes them just really amazing foods to where you could take them to almost any place in the world, uh, mm-hmm. because every location has some sort of agricultural biomass or bio waste. Um, if you look at who knows, like grain husks or, um, down, you know, down South, there's lots of sugar cane and maybe like the Caribbean or something like that, where they harvest a lot of sugarcane and there's bio waste from that, that you can use and just grow mushrooms on it. Um, uh, so pretty much anywhere has some sort of agricultural ways to grow mushrooms, but definitely uh, the right substrate with the right nutrients will uh, offer the proper food for these mushrooms to grow better. And that can even be manipulated too for you know producing more of certain compounds um, where you can manipulate the substrate. So the cultivation um, is gonna come down to species, uh, strain within the species. So some of them, so just for example, in China, They grow a couple different, there's probably multiple strains of reishi that they're growing. Um, So in China, the reishi spore powder is really popular and they use a specific strain of reishi for that, that uh, produces tons and tons of spores. Typically it's like a smaller cap, but you can end up with maybe like an inch or so of spores on the top of this cap. Uh, And then there's other ones that they can grow for like a higher triterpene content uh, other ones for you know higher amounts of beta glucans um, so there's kind of a lot of variance depending on what the outcome you want is uh, mm-hmm. which which makes it kind of interesting and, and like special at the same time just how much is actually out there and how much we still don't know
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
1: yeah
0: so let's hit a rewind button and let's just trace the origins to your interest in mushrooms and i'm sure your father jeff has played a big part in that is he's very prominent in the mushroom sphere but let's hear it from your words how did your interest for mushrooms become birth and talk to us about the creation of real mushrooms now in its sixth year and how that came to be
1: yeah so it's it's actually quite interesting because i guess i wouldn't call myself a, a fungophile like right off the bat um it was something that i was always around uh with my father you know he had multiple different businesses while I was growing up that were about mushrooms. And so I kind of knew about it. Um, he would take us out foraging in the woods. So I knew how to identify certain mushrooms. Uh, but it was never something where it was like, yeah, I'm going to do this when I grow up or, uh, I don't know. It was, it was strange. Cause I never, I knew my dad had a business on it. I helped him in the business. He had me doing odds and ends while I was like, in elementary school and high school kind of helping them out. Uh, but it never seemed like, I don't know. didn't seem like a career in a sense. Uh, and it wasn't until, yeah, let's see. Cause like when I was a kid, I wanted to be like a computer programmer of some sort, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to make video games. And, and so I went into university and took computers computer science and ended up with a computer science and math degree. Um, and then started working in kind of tech related stuff. And, and I was in healthcare for a while and then ended up starting another business with some friends. And that was when, uh, you know, I started reconnected with my dad a lot over business and, and we kind of, I saw like everything that he did while I was growing up that I just had zero awareness about, you know, and, and early sacrifices and him just like doing whatever it took to make things work. Um, and a lot of, you know, early hard work before anything really paid off. Uh, and so that, you know, I learned a lot about his, uh, business and his kind of introductions, his own introduction to mushrooms. And it was just like, wow, this is just really amazing. And it's like, it's a great product and everything we're doing here is really good and we're helping people. And, and so eventually, my other business at the time was just kind of falling apart and uh, kind of shutting it down. And so my dad and I were talking for a while and I was like, you know, we should really do something in the public space because he had always been uh, in the background more or less as a uh, business supplier of raw ingredients. So companies would use his mushroom extracts in finished products that you would see on the store shelves. Uh, but nobody, aside from maybe businesses, really knew about his company um, and so I had, I've kind of knew more of like the front end kind of e-commerce tech side, um, email, all the kind of new age kind of stuff that he wasn't doing at the time. And so I was like, Hey, maybe we need a new, a new product line that's kind of forward facing. And, um, we're going to talk to directly to consumers. Cause that was always a challenge of how do we, you know, influence consumers so far back. And it was, and it was just, it was tricky. Um, so it was like, Hey, we need to do it ourselves kind of thing. And, um, and we went to work and real mushrooms is here six years later, but you know, it was all founded from the very beginning on just education. And I was, you know, on Reddit forums, talking to people about mushrooms before I even had a product. And it was like, and it was all just giving out free info, you know, helping people. And and then eventually it'd be like, well, which product should we get or whatever. <laughs> um, but it just started with giving out info. And that's kind of what we've been trying to do ever since then. And that's, you know, one of our kind of core mission statements is just education. Um, so we're always trying to put out info, kind of learning more about certain things. Is there, is there more compounds that we can test for? Is there more ways that we can validate our products um what are all the different markers that we can figure out that just show what we're selling is is the real thing because you know the last thing that we want to do is just sell somebody some other random product that is probably not going to help them um and you know we're taking our products every single day so it's it's not like you know (laughs) i want it to be good too yeah yeah so it's definitely so, been a long road, um, mm-hmm. but long time coming, I guess I would say.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned that a lot of products out there and your website talks about this as well is just fillers and um, grain and mycelium and not, the, not what is actually listed on the label. Um, why is that an issue? And why is there no regulation around that? Um,
1: yeah, so this comes really comes back to mushroom growing. Um, So you can grow fresh mushrooms in North America, no problem. Uh, You see them at the farmer's market, you see them in the grocery stores, uh, but the majority of what you're buying there is water content. So mushrooms are about 90% water um, and all of our extract powders start with a dried mushroom. Um, So if you think about say, um, like a shiitake mushroom, it sells for say $5 a pound, uh, which is just for math sake is maybe $10 a kilo. If you dry that out, uh, now you have a hundred grams, um, and that has to get you $10 a kilo. So now your dried shiitake is actually worth a hundred dollars a kilo. Um, and we have extracts that are anywhere from like a one-to-one ratio all the way up to like a 16 to one ratio where you can be upwards of a couple thousand dollars in raw ingredients. This is just assuming that it's not even organically grown to based off some of like the uh, USDA growing metrics that they have for how much mushrooms sell for. And you just get to a point where it is much too expensive to grow them, uh, for creating supplement ingredients in North America. Um, and so, The answer to that is companies are instead growing the root system of the mushroom, so that's called mycelium. Um, This is typically what you do if you wanted to grow mushrooms in the first place, you'll grow the mycelium on some sort of substrate. So you can grow it on grain. Um, Lots of times they'll take that and then they'll put that on straw um, and then you'll grow out and you'll get lots of mushrooms. But instead, companies are kind of going back to where they're just growing it on grain. So you have sterilized grain, in a bag that gets injected inoculated with the mycelium it grows out it becomes this uh, if you're familiar with tempeh it's kind of uh, a white grain log um and then you dry that and you powder that and you sell that as a mushroom supplement um, when there's no mushrooms involved in the first place uh, and so the, the companies will tell you that the mycelium consumes all the grain and what you're left with is mostly mycelium and my father, he challenged that back in 2015 when he released his white paper um, and went and purchased a lot of these products, um, test them, tested them for beta-glucans, which are the primary immunological compounds in mushrooms and mycelium, um, as well as looked at uh residual starches. So if there was any grain left over, um, they would show up in starch content. Uh, and what he found, um, was that they were very high in starch, very low in beta glucans, uh, meaning that the majority of what was there was still the grain substrate. And so on top of that, so what my father, he knew this back in probably the eighties, cause he worked on a mushroom farm in the seventies. Um, in the early eighties, he started traveling to China. So China is the birthplace of mushroom cultivation. They've been cultivating mushrooms over there for about 800 years now. Um, They've got mushroom institutes that are dedicated to mushroom research. There's, I believe, more mushroom scientists in China than any other country. Uh, They're now supplying over 90% of the world's mushrooms. Um, They eat probably more mushrooms per capita than anyone else. Anytime that we're over there, I eat more mushrooms in two weeks than I might eat in the rest of the year, you know, every every meal there has mushrooms involved in some way. So it's very much ingrained into their diet, um, as well as traditional Chinese medicine. Um, You look at like the Ben Sao Jing, where you have reishi in there um, as like a very prized medicinal herb. Uh, And so my father started going to China and making contacts uh, in the early, late 80s, early 90s. And he wanted to, to be organically grown. So he brought the first organic certifiers over there and helped set up the first organic growers. Um, and so now there's very, a very robust organic supply chain in China for growing these mushrooms at scale scales, like another big thing so that you can reach costs that are affordable for everyday consumers. Um, and so that was kind of one of the big education pieces going back to education is, you know, talking about where these mushrooms are from, uh, because, you know, we're very open that our mushrooms come from China. Um, and we embrace that as opposed to trying to hide from it, um, and go into all the details that we take and kind of precautionary measures that we take to make sure that, you know, we're testing for heavy metals and pesticides, uh, microbiological contamination, uh, DNA verification, all kinds of stuff there. And then of course, making sure that the active compounds that you want are actually present and, we don't have any fillers and things along those lines. So, um, it's very, very complicated when trying to explain it. And, and there's certainly a lot of nuance involved. Um, but yeah, so it, a lot of it comes back to the economics of mushroom growing. And just if you want to produce something locally, it's, it's going to be kind of mycelium grown on grain and most of that ends up being grain and, so there was a, um, I think it was 2016, uh, the U S pharmacopeia published a report on Reishi where they found that, uh, 74% of the samples that they tested were, um, not authentic to the Reishi mushroom. And then, uh, in 2000, I think it was 19 consumer lab put out a report on Reishi products as well. Um, their standards were I'd say quite low compared to what I would have set. But um, there was one product that they couldn't approve because one, it was made from mycelium and it said mushroom on the package. And it also had photos of the mushroom on the package and said it would lead the consumer to believe that there was mushrooms in there. Uh, They also said that uh, the product was mostly starch after they tested it. Um, So it was mostly the substrate that the mycelium grows on. And so this is kind of a lot of that comes back to packaging and terminology and things that, uh, I don't know, are somewhat boring, but really matter when consumers are picking up products, because there's, um, a lot of companies that are just using the term mushroom ubiquitously. Um, I read an article the other day, kind of talking about the whole mushroom versus mycelium debate. And they mentioned one brand who was very pro mycelium. Um, I had never heard of them before. So I went and checked out their website, couldn't find a single mention of mycelium on the website. All I saw was mushroom, 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 multiple photos of mushrooms. And yet their products don't have any of that in there. So I, you know, if, if people want to sell mycelium, I'm totally fine with that, but just, you know, embrace it and, and say it what it is. And, and even, I mean, there is. So in China, they grow lots of mycelium, but they grow that, uh, in a liquid. So you can grow mycelium in a liquid instead of a solid substrate. So think of, think of like tofu, uh, you get a package of tofu. It's in kind of this water, uh, be something like that. So you can basically grow mycelium in a liquid broth. Um, and eventually at the end of the process, you drain off the liquid, you have pure mycelium. And so I detailed this recently. So where there, you know, there is a large body of mycelium research, but the majority of it is based off when you grow the mycelium in a liquid. So you have pure mycelium to work with. Um, so products like Cordyceps CS4. So this is a Chinese product that was developed in the eighties when they were trying to cultivate the caterpillar fungus. Um, you also have uh, PSK and PSP, which are from Turkey tail mycelium that are, approved, uh, let's see, adjunct therapy products for cancer. Um, so these are out of Japan and China. Um, there's other ones like AHCC, which I believe is out of Japan as well, which is derived from shiitake mycelium. And so lots of these are, they're growing the mycelium in liquid culture, and then they're purifying it another step on top of that. So in in the case of say like a PSP or a PSK, it becomes more drug-like. Than say like an actual supplement in that case, um, and it gets there's a lot of stuff when you really dive into like research and how it gets used. But uh, everything for us kind of comes back to the the education side of things and trying to just open these doors for people and give them the information that they need to you know make their own conclusions. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it, was a, it so, was a little bit long.
0: <laughs> no, that was a, that was a great answer. And if people are looking to experiment with real 100% organic mushrooms. They know where to look. And that is on your website, uh, realmushrooms.com. And I have a bunch of your products here. Um, a big user and fan. Uh, my favorite is um, the Cordyceps M. Like I nice. find it helps my jujitsu practice like crazy. I, I can, really? roll, I can roll forever. Yeah. Like I, I don't even do rounds anymore. Um, I just go, I just feel like I'm unlimited endurance. Oh, that's crazy. Um, so I, I, I love the Cordyceps M, but I also um, take the Chaga, the Reishi, um, 415, the yeah. Lion's Mane, the Tremella. And I love using um, the Five Defenders powder, like a tea. That's the tea I've been drinking here oh, no, eh? with some with some Lion's Mane. And I'm also excited to try the Ergothionine and um, the D-Plus, but those are currently not available on Amazon. Me being from Canada, um, right. all these products are available on Amazon.ca for the most part. Um, your newer ones are um, still being shipped out of the States for any listeners in the States through your website. So hopefully those come to um, amazon.ca or amazon.com.
1: Yeah, I think um, most of them should be on a- amazon.ca pretty soon. Uh, we're just waiting for our Health Canada natural product number for the D2Z, everything else we've gotten approval for.
0: Right on, right so on. That, we that's get- a
1: piece that always kind of sets us back a little ways.
0: Yeah, but you could also, for Canadians listening, you could also order from realmushrooms.com and first-time yep. order is 25% off if you sign up there for that, um, for that yep. coupon list. And I didn't have any issues with it crossing the border, but just to be oh, safe, nice. I like to um, just order from amazon.ca so there's no issues at customs. Yep. Um, and I know Bianca over there, she has her um, Five Defenders and her Lion's Mane. Those are the products that she's enjoying right now. Um, how about yourself? How about yourself, Sky? Out of all your wide range of products, what is your favorite? What is your go-to? Although I'm sure you take them all.
1: Yeah, it definitely kind of depends what's in the cabinet, but, uh, I usually try and take, uh, five defenders probably, or like a turkey tail or reishi would probably be my top three. Oh, linesman. I probably mix in there a bunch too. Um, and then that'll be thrown in my coffee in the morning. Um, and then around after breakfast, I'll take a ergo and a, just a single D to Z. Um, and then maybe add some extra vitamin D with that. Uh, that's kind of my daily ritual for the most part. Um, I don't take too much later in the day, but sometimes maybe like a later evening reishi if I want to get, uh, like a, a really good sleep, um, and maybe pair that with, like some magnesium uh, i like magnesium before bed
0: yeah that's that combo i actually use i use the reishi with um some magnesium at night and i've been sleeping really well since, yeah, since starting that routine
1: i really like the magnesium i find that helps me like a ton for sleep
0: yeah so what um future products do you have in mind or you guys are kind of set with what you have going on now or is there anything i know you just came up with it ergothionine and the deep, the D plus and the, um, zinc. Is there anything mm-hmm. else in the, in the shotgun to come up?
1: Yeah, we've, uh, we've actually got a mushroom and herb line coming out, uh, pretty soon. I think who knows, depending on when this gets released, uh, we might have our first product out. Uh, so it'll be herbs plus, uh, other mushrooms. So it could be ashwagandha, ginseng, um rhodiola bacopa uh, a bunch of different stuff we've got a really amazing formulator who's been putting together some really cool blends uh for specific things so we have one coming out for like kind of focus and clarity we've got another one coming out for energy uh another relaxation kind of sleep one. uh so these all should be out by the end of the year, I think um, there's a, definitely a lot in the pipeline. We just uh, put out our hot chocolate, so that yeah. uh, we're super excited about. It's it's really tasty and really good. Um, there's a couple others food style products that we're we're thinking about, um, as well as uh, we're we're looking into uh, the pet space as well right now. So yeah, um, we do have a lot of veterinarians that use the products uh, for pets. Um, So that's definitely been on our radar and then we're trying to figure out if there's, if there's something in that space that we can help out with a bit more. Um, So there's certainly some opportunities there for adding some mushroom themed uh, shoes or uh, powders and something along those lines. Yeah.
0: With so many different strains of mushrooms out there, like just, there's just so many, how do you not oversaturate your product line?
1: Yeah. I know completely. Um, I mean, we were, we were looking at a my product, uh, it's still on our radar, but then it's always like, comes back to like, what is it for? And it's always like, Oh yeah, it's, it's for your immune system. And, and then we have, you know, two other products that are specifically geared for your immune systems. So, uh, for some people it's preference where they've either been recommended by a practitioner of like, Oh, you need my talkie or you need ratio, or you need turkey tail, uh, for, usually something immune system related or keeping their immune system boosted while they might be going through chemo or, or something along those lines. Um, but it's certainly, it can get tough as you like go down. I mean, we just, we launched, I think Tremella this year, end of last year. And, and that's gotten really good reviews. Uh, a couple of people on our team just love it and say, they notice a, a serious difference in like skin and hair and, and, um, so that's been cool. Cause I've, you know, just heard you kind of, you hear the inclinations, you read the studies, but you don't really know how it plays out and you never, it's, it's, it's interesting because each person seems to get affected differently. So someone, someone could take Reishi at night because they, you know, want it to help them relax and go to sleep. And it, they're like, yeah, it really gives me a good night's rest. And someone else would be like, oh man, that just keeps me up all night. And you have these two polar opposite effects. Uh, And I think a lot of it comes back to, you know, where people's either immune systems are at, or maybe their gut health, or um, it could even be genetics and, or even like the environments that they're in, whether it's, you know, mental stressors or actual environmental stressors of pollution or who knows what, but there's so many different things that are kind of impacting and interacting with our bodies at any given point that it's it's always hard when someone asks me oh like which mushroom should I take for x uh and I'm always kind of just well just just try it and and see what happens and for some people it doesn't work and for other people it does um so it seems like for the people where it works they get hooked and and other people are just kind of move on and so
0: yeah can we talk a bit about that um so about the efficiency of it working, um, from what I research, um, the best effects is when you take the products for a prolonged period of time, like the effects aren't going to just happen like that generally. Um, so can you kind of talk about that, about how it's something that you need to take out kind of sustained use of the product? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So these are definitely a long-term approach for health, unless you're working with a practitioner who is using a higher dose for something very specific, um, and it's kind of not, I don't know, um, it's not going to be something that you're really going to feel like It's not something where I'm like, oh, wow, I'm totally feeling this right now. Unless, you know, we get into like the psychedelic stuff where it's like, okay, yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's doing something. Uh, but for these mushrooms, it's like, for the most part, you're probably not going to feel much. And that's always tough when you have products. Cause it's like, do you know, it's working like, um, I didn't get sick this year. Was it the mushrooms? I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. it could have been, um, but it's certainly a good indicator, but I, I don't have, you know, concrete evidence that it was, but if it, if it helped to keep my immune system more robust and more able to react to everything that it's going through on a daily basis, then yes. But, uh, yeah. So we recommend, you know, at least kind of three months use. Um, I know, some practitioners will say to like change up the mushroom every maybe 90 days. Uh, I've seen it where, you know, you can take it continually. There's no sort of tolerance that you build up or anything like that. Um, and for me, like, I just tell people to get more mushrooms into your system regardless. I mean, you can take a supplement you can just eat mushrooms as a food every day. Like there's nuance around extraction and making sure, you know, we get better access to the compounds, but if you like eating mushrooms and don't like taking a supplement, then just do that. You know, there's, there's decent evidence where just mushroom consumption will, will give you benefits too. So they are like really good and kind of insoluble fibers too. So really good for feeding your gut. Um, just a great food all around. So whatever your preference is and kind of mix and match to, you know, your own individuality, I think.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so Um, i'm
2: wondering about so i i have for idea that all the mushroom supplements that we can purchase they have in common that they're adaptogens so they kind of does that mean that whoever takes them it brings them back to a state of homeostasis is that the idea kind of centered
1: yeah so adaptogens so they could be herbs they could be mushrooms there's a lot of things that Fall into that category. But the idea is that um, it could pull us in a variety of different ways. So when I describe mushrooms at times, like I was saying with Reishi, where you can have kind of polar opposite effects. Um, so with them being immunomodulators, say if um, somebody's getting sick um, and they take mushrooms, uh, sickness, you know, it's usually going to suppress your immune system. So that's going to help kind of bring it back up. Um, but say you have. I don't know, allergies or something like that, which is like an overstimulation of your immune system, it can kind of do the opposite and rein that back in. And so that's the modulating effect. And that's kind of what makes them adaptogenic.
2: Oh, yeah. Thanks.
0: Mm-hmm. So while you currently don't offer this in your product line, and you, you may not, and this may not be in the future of real mushrooms, I'd like to take a moment to talk about psychedelic mushrooms and what are your insights on that part of the industry um, where there's a lot of positive research um, coming in, in that field, MAPS Maps, and MAPS Canada, uh, Michael Pollan in his book, um, a lot of really beneficial results that that I'm hearing. So which what is your insight? What are you hearing about psychedelics? What's the future for psychedelics, mush, psychedelic mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms um in Canada and beyond?
1: Yeah, I think it's really cool to see where it's going and just I guess being pushed into the mainstream now where it was really, you know, shunned upon for so long, you know, just I guess similar in a lot of ways to cannabis. Um, there's just a lot of positive benefits of cannabis in many different ways and, and similar for, for psilocybin, um, with the new research coming out, whether it's kind of depression or PTSD or, you know, a lot of conditions that they don't really have real treatment for. And, and then there's certainly, you know, microdosing too, which, you know, is non-psychoactive. Um, and a lot of people are reporting, you know, improved mood, uh, better sleep, um, you know, more focus, a variety of different things. So I think, um, maybe near term we'll see what Canada does. I don't know. I know in like, uh, the U S they've decriminalized it in a few different States and cities and some of the research out of John Hopkins is, is looking really promising. And, and maybe kind of, I think a lot of companies are betting that it's kind of going to follow suit for cannabis in Canada anyways. Um, so there is a lot of startups in the space right now that are, Trying to figure out um, some sort of business model around it, uh, and we'll see kind of where it goes. But um, I think uh, it's it's certainly promising, and it's nice. I mean, near term, we could have maybe approved practitioners that are doing kind of specific treatment, which would be cool. So I know I do have one friend that is uh, training practitioners for the use of psychedelics. So I think that's really important that practitioners um, get exposed to it and understand it and can do these treatments. Because I think uh, a lot of it comes back to if you are doing sort of bigger doses for certain treatments, that there is that kind of set and setting piece to it and and integration. So working with somebody that can help you through kind of the initial part, as well as kind of post-treatment where you're trying to just integrate who knows what you experienced that you can't explain or, um, Mm -hmm. because there things can go wrong. And depending, like if you have mental issues, it might be something you you'd want to avoid. Um, but definitely having somebody there that you trust, um, and that can guide you in that. And, and certainly some sort of therapist, depending upon, you know, how, how you want to reintegrate what you've experienced and, and, you know, lots of, there's tons of good anecdotal evidence and the new research coming out is all very promising. So let's, let's cross our fingers that it goes in the right direction. Um, so certainly it, it's, it's an exciting time and, and, uh, I don't know if, if we'll do anything there, but, uh, we're certainly watching it and, uh, keeping our eye and who knows, not sure what. <laughs>
0: So one question I like to ask everyone that I have on this podcast is is their advice to a hero on the path um, that are feeling a calling in their heart, as you did to Mm. start real mushrooms. And there could have been so there, I'm sure there were so many shoulds that came to, well, I should just stick with my, um, my computer degree. Should stick with (laughs) what I was doing before should stay with the safe route. Um, Starting a a new business um, is tough. Um, So what, advice would you give to someone on that same path where you were um, right before you started real mushrooms and took that leap of faith
1: yeah that's uh that's a really tough question i would say uh in many ways i want to say i had it i had it easy just having having my dad there um and having like a really good mentor and maybe maybe that's part of it is um whatever area that you are wanting to pursue to try and find mentors, because that uh, is an amazing resource and having like a really good network too. So it's like, I have, you know, business groups that I'm in as well that are across different industries that can help me with just about anything um, related. And that goes like personally as well of just, you know, very well-educated people in the many different areas that you can, you can draw on to uh, do that. But in terms of pursuing yeah it's it's tricky and it's challenging and uh it's hard to give advice on that um sometimes it's like do you really want to just kind of stick to your current path um and i feel like even for myself i've i've always got you know the voices in my head going of of the what ifs and and should i do x y and z uh, um So, yeah, I guess, you know, certainly a lot of people kind of say to like, do what you love um, and that, and that can work for a lot of people. Um, But getting to a place where, yeah, I mean, there's so many different paths to getting what you're looking for, I think, Um, and that there's no single answer, whereas like, um, I guess like. Derek, for your example, like working with your programs where you're working with kids and like, maybe somebody else decides to build a big business and sell it. And then after that, they're going to take their money and do philanthropy stuff or something like that and, and bring, and bring a lot of good that way. Whereas, so it's, I guess there's one, it's just like so many ways to skin a cat kind of thing, you know, like there's, there's so many different pathways and journeys, but I guess um, continuing to just ask questions and, and look, look internally of, you know, is this, is this what you want to do? And, and is this making you happy? And do you want to pursue this for five years, 10 years, 20 years? Um, so, and being honest with yourself, uh, so that, cause that's, is really hard, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's easy to, to lie to yourself, you know, (laughs) and, and and ignore those voices. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's tricky. I don't, I don't, I'm not one for, it's tough to give advice like that. I don't know. I want to say something really profound, but, um, there's going to be, you know, ups and downs too. I think, you know, we don't, We don't hear about a lot of the failures, I guess, you know, and, and certainly in, in this day and age, we always see the wins and the successes and stuff getting over-exaggerated. And it's like, you know, the last business entity that I had failed, it, you know, fell apart. I lost friends. Um, but in many ways, I see that as a success of, you know, setting me up for real mushrooms, um, so, would I have changed anything with that? I don't know. It's 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 always tough, but um, certainly just keep asking good questions and and make sure you have a support group around you um, to make you a better person as a whole. I think. Well, hopefully, that was beautifully hopefully that's said. Like, yeah. There's some some nuggets in there. I hope. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of profoundness also in recognizing that there's not just one path. There's so many ways that we can give service and there's no right or wrong
1: always. Completely, yeah. yeah.
2: Definitely tend to think that, like, am I doing the right choice? But yeah, that I see a lot of value in what you shared, thanks.
1: Yeah, and I guess just different, different ways, I guess, like, people might see that there's only one solution for, you know, whatever it is that they want to do, um, of that, maybe they have to quit their job in order to do this, but maybe they don't, maybe they can do something on the side. Maybe it's kind of like, if it's just like your job and you're enjoying it or something along those lines, it's like, there's many different ways that you can get to where you want to be without, you know, having to make huge decisions or drastic moves, or there's a lot of trial and error i think you can do out, kind of do beforehand to really solidify your decisions uh, before being having to make like jump into a lot of unknowns i think Mm
0: -hmm. well thank you for that sky and this brings us to the final two questions that i ask every guest on this on on these episodes and so the first question is in three words how you describe the experience you're having on this earth
1: (sighs) am i describing the experience i had around this earth wow um i guess fun and learning
0: fun learning
1: Um, yeah okay fun learning um and maybe experience
0: beautiful and then that takes us to the final question and we played around with time we revisited Um, your past. And now I'm going to play around with time again. I'm going to bring us into the future and we're going to be alongside an 85-year-old Sky. Who is that 85-year-old Sky? Where are you? Who are you surrounded by? What does your life look like? And what is the legacy that you've left on this planet?
1: Wow. Yeah, that's a good question. There's a lot to that. Um, Yeah, I guess I would hope that uh, I would be surrounded by friends and family um, have a very close community. Um, I think, you know, a lot of longevity stuff comes back to like having a very strong community. Um, I would love to still be mobile, um, sort of, I guess, uh, trying to remember what the word for it is, but basically still being able, you know, cognitive functioning, um, somewhat, you know, still healthy, um, decent shape, um, have, you know, family and friends nearby. I would hope that more people are eating mushrooms. Um, We'll, we'll see about that. Uh, That's, that's still to come, but I I would love it if, you know, it was mushrooms were a bigger thing and mushrooms were more of part of people's um, food. And I think just a lot more knowledge around mushrooms too. I think, uh, you know, there's too much, maybe a lot of people are still scared of mushrooms and don't, really fully understand them. So I think there's there's a lot of learning to be done there and hopefully I can be a part of that. Um, but as long as I think uh, I'm happy with surrounded by family and friends, uh, I think that would be enough for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I want you to stay with this 85 year old sky just for a moment longer, take a breath in and really feel this sky in your being. And I'm going to bring us back to the present, the infinite now, and this 85-year-old Sky, he sends current-day Sky message. What does he whisper in your ear?
1: Wow. I think about that going backwards, too. Um, and I think it, you know, a lot of it comes back to taking more risk. Um, things aren't, usually aren't permanent. You know, there's usually just kind of like, there's many paths, like we were saying. And so I, I know... If, from me looking backwards is definitely like, yeah, there's, while it's very hard in the moment, um, usually it's not as bad as you think it is. Uh, and to put yourself out there more, you know, take more risks, ask more questions. Uh, and I think just go and go and get it, you know, like, you know what you need to do and and just do it.
0: Hell yeah. I'm, I'm with that 85-year-old Skies advice. That's a wise, that's a wise 85-year-old guy. That's a wise current sky right now as well. Yeah. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the wisdom you shared on this episode and for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Um, we want to be respectful of your time. So we'll leave it at this. Um, they could find you, um, at real mushrooms, real underscore mushrooms on Instagram. They could check out, um, www.realmushrooms.com, which links to your YouTube and all your great blog articles, all your products. They can find your products uh, in Canada on amazon.ca and in the States, they can get it from your site directly or also on amazon.com. Anything I left out there, Sky?
1: No, that's pretty good. I'd just say like, learn more about mushrooms and, and figure out a way to like eat more mushrooms um and this has been a really great talk so thank you Derek and Bianca it was a ton of fun thank,
0: thank you me. to close every episode we bring our fist stand for a fist oh, bump awesome. in the winner's circle the choice that we can all make thank you
1: thanks
2: thank you